1: You want to do some rapid fire?
2: What I'm here for, baby. All Let's right. Do You've got some All interesting right. ones today that I'm not exactly sure which direction I'm going to go on some so.
1: of them. Excuse saying. me. I thought so myself. I Just thought so. Just going You know, I try. You know, I try to keep it interesting. I, and you so, do. <laughs> Stuart Mandel of The Athletic says if he had the ability to change the conference affiliations of <clears throat> five teams, this is what he would do. One, move Clemson to the SEC. Two, move BYU to the Pac-12. Three, move Maryland back to the ACC. Four, move Louisville to the Big 12. Before I tell you what number five, he did say that because like Texas, Oklahoma, USC, UCLA are getting ready to move, he eliminated them from his possibilities. But What? what do you think number five is? Someone's got to be able to guess it. Everybody yes,
2: knows what it is.
1: You got it right. He says that he would move Notre Dame to the Big Ten. And uh, let me see if I can find my note here on this. He, I'll, I'll I'll read you what his explanation is. I mean, it's it's not ground shattering. He says. Notre Dame to the Big Ten. I'm sorry Fielding Yost was mean to you 100 years ago, domers. Get over it. Why be half in with the ACC, which pads your schedule annually with the Virginia Techs and Pitts when you could annually be playing nearby old rivals like Michigan, Michigan State, and Purdue? So, Vince,
2: just go. Tell me. So typical. Like, I don't even... We can have an educated conversation about the other four. We can. And I would have no problem with that. And in fact, we can do that a little bit if you would like. But it's such clickbait to put Notre Dame to the Big Ten. It it just... It totally takes the air out of the entire article to me. Because he wants clicks. And so he's going to put the headlines, Notre Dame to the Big Ten, you know, or whatever, so that people read his article. If he didn't have Notre Dame to the Big Ten... Not as many people are going to click on the article, even though it's nonsense, and everything else that he put in there, whether he put thought into it or not, right, It's they're going to be totally glossed over, and everybody's going to focus on Notre Dame to the Big Ten. If you had something good to say, leave the Notre Dame part out of it, and let's discuss that.
1: <laughs> Which the other ones, you know, I think that there's merit to some of them. Sure. Well, let's address the Notre Dame thing first, though, because, like, what... What problem does that solve? Like, right. what does what problem does that solve for anybody? Like, as it is right now, the college football playoff is completely happy to have Notre Dame without being in a conference. Mm-hmm. What does Notre Dame joining the Big Ten accomplish? All he says is it, it, it gets you out of playing a watered-down schedule against the ACC, and it gets you playing, you know, some more regional rivalries. Well, who's well, to say you can't do both? Because we were just right. talking about that yesterday about how if if Notre Dame re-ups with NBC because of NBC's new agreement with the Big Ten that more Big Ten schools might be coming and oh by the way they played Ohio State last year they played Ohio State this year they played Wisconsin two years ago you know and they were obviously supposed to play another yeah they're playing Purdue they're playing Big Ten teams like right so what does this accomplish and you know, all you all you all you potentially get is a little bit better, higher end in terms of competition. Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. You're not gonna, you know, USC obviously now as well. You're not gonna play them every year though, because it's you know the the, the way the Big Ten is doing the schedule. So, what does this accomplish, and what problem is it solving? And if you're Notre Dame, how does it benefit Notre Dame? Like I've I've said this a million times. The only people you hear about. Complaining about Notre Dame, you know, not being in a conference or going to the Big Ten, are people outside of Notre Dame who just, for whatever reason, insist that they need to be in a in, in a conference? It accomplishes nothing. Notre Dame, right? Like with the schedule that they have right now, we've we've been through it with the ACC, and then you know you go out, you schedule an Ohio State. You're going to have USC on the schedule every year. It it gives them a chance to play other Power Five teams. And also have a chance to be in the college football playoff at the end of the season. There's why would they want to change that?
2: Right. And, and I, this, this is where I'm at here with stymie because Indiana, Minnesota and Maryland are much better competition. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. The very top of the 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 higher
1: end would be better. There's better depth at the high
2: end, you know, than you
1: have in the ACC with basically Clemson and maybe Florida state right now. And then, you know, a team or two every other year that, you know, again, better depth at the at the top of the conference, but what does that accomplish for Notre Dame? You know, right. again, if the goal is to be in the college football playoff, how does that benefit Notre Dame by playing right. those teams?
2: Right, it's exactly right. It just, I, I don't know, like right now, Notre Dame is fine exactly where they are. They're not blocked from the national championship game. They're having no problem putting a schedule together. There's no benefit to Notre Dame going to the Big Ten and everybody's going to say, "Well." whoa, whoa. They can get $100 million a year if they go to the Big Ten. They're going to get plenty of money, and they're not exactly sitting on the corner with the cup out looking for loose change.
1: And the other thing is, once they get into the college football playoff, if they were in a conference, they've got to share part of that revenue with the conference. They don't have to share that money. When they're Notre Dame, they get to keep right? that money. Their share, like their call. share, is their share. They don't have to share with the conference. So that's like a hidden benefit. So, like again, point. even though you're not getting what the Big Ten or the SEC are getting in a TV contract, as long as you make the playoff, you're going to get a big chunk of TV revenue at the end of that
2: thing. That's all yours. That you don't. Yes. Have. That's a that's a really good point that I hadn't even thought about it's like I knew it but I it didn't I didn't process that I love that's where's the bell bing <laughs> oh by the way I'm moving into a new office at school and okay. in the uh the cabinet is Belt. one of the is a bell nice I'm grabbing it I'm grabbing nice. it it's gonna be a new addition to the show nice yeah I love it thought about you it. immediately <laughs> <laughs>
1: These other suggestions, we that he can made. roll through them. Like, I
2: mean, look,
3: Clemson. I mean, we don't have SCC. to talk about
1: them I, again. I think Clemson would like to go because of the revenue. Here's here's the bigger like Louisville to the Big Twelve makes sense. Big Twelve could have had Louisville ten years ago before they ever joined the ACC, but the Big Ten dropped the or the Big Big Twelve dropped the ball and didn't get them in, and now they're wishing they had Louisville. It's all like. Maryland to the ACC makes sense but it's not going to happen because of the disparity in revenue now you know like right. there's there's no incentive here's what here's what I think the ACC should have. like if we talk about what schools would we see make a move you know like what if what if the ACC could entice you know like Florida, Georgia, Kentucky you know, maybe an Auburn to join up with them? Because again, I realize the TV contract is bad right now, but if sure. you get if you get a couple teams with some teeth, then all of a sudden you're going to renegotiate mm-hmm. that contract with ESPN. Like everyone keeps talking about, like, it's got to be Notre Dame. You know, what What if you went out and, you know, I don't know how important being in the SEC is to Georgia, but for, for any of those teams, you know, Georgia's already won two championships. You go to the SEC, sure. the path to get there, you don't have to go through Alabama and LSU and Tennessee, you know, like maybe you can give some incentive to get some teams to actually go to the ACC.
2: Yeah. I realize no, I, it's
1: probably a pipe dream, but well, I'd be, I'd at least be yes. trying for it right now. If I'm because the of ACC. the money
2: situation, it's a pipe dream. I and mean, the SEC is going to get a ton of money and and it's going to pale. I mean, the ACC money pales in comparison to. Well, uh, and again, like, you know, at the the very least, if
1: you could get the right teams you know, sure. a,
2: you know, small handful of teams. Good like call. That,
1: yeah. At the very least, you can you you would be able to renegotiate it. You know, that's where ESPN would rip that deal up. Now, if Notre Dame joined, ESPN would rip it up. But for sure, you know.
2: I mean, it, like I said, I still think the the thought experiment of Notre Dame going out and starting their own conference is riveting. It's absolutely riveting to me in my own head right. on who they could just pluck out of all the power five conferences, go get two or three teams from each conference and just say, ha, -ha! here it is, the nationwide conference. Let's go. Like I, I just I think that they could do it. If they wanted to flex their muscle, I think that they could do it because they could get a TV deal that would match or rival any of the TV deals that are out there right now. Yeah. I mean how about this Michael
1: Johnson, Penn State, Maryland to the acc i mean that would maryland belongs more in the acc than
2: they do the big 10 absolutely i mean
1: they're on the the freaking right. east coast they're like and they're right there
2: right not, not and, the heart
1: necessarily of acc country but right. they're
2: right there
1: you know they're and
2: one of the original members i believe so that penn state never made sense in the big 10 and yeah. it still doesn't for the and, and and look at the protected rivalries that the big 10 just came out with didn't penn state have zero they've right. been in the big 10 for three decades and they don't have any rivals Right, what does that tell you? Right, I think they'd leave in a heartbeat.
1: You know, Stuart Mandel talked about um, BYU to the to the Pac-12, and again, that's something that I think, especially because Utah's already there, should have happened. But sure, I can absolutely see that it it never happened. So they're going to the Big Twelve. You know, there's been all this talk about Colorado going back to the Big Twelve. How about Nebraska? Because the Big Ten has not worked out for Nebraska, and the reason. That they left the Big Twelve to begin with to go to the Big Ten is because all the power that Texas wielded right. in the conference, and Texas is gone now. If you're Nebraska, go back to the Big Twelve, get Colorado to come with you. That was one of the best football rivalries of the '90s when Colorado yeah. and Nebraska were both good. You know, you know, in that conference specifically, but even nationally because they were both nationally ranked there for a while. Like, get both of those teams back to the Big Twelve. I mean, that could. Yeah. I'd rather see that than USF or UCF and oh,
2: absolutely. some of these others. Yep. No, I agree with that completely.
1: What about Boise State? Like I'm surprised. Haven't seen, you know, Boise State has just kind of been lost in all
2: this. You haven't I heard I wonder. Yeah, I wonder, like, okay, so we all know Boise State football and I and I I have to think they've been approached by power fives in the past. But I wonder how the rest of the teams for Boise State sports. stack up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because that does and I think that that's had a part. big.
1: I think that's had a big part in why. Yeah, they've never yeah.
2: gone anywhere. Right. right. And and they do a good job of kind of being that upstart, you know, underdog kind of thing. It would be interesting to see them in a conference where they're playing power five teams all the time. I just don't know that they could sustain that. You know what I mean. I could be wrong, but I just don't know that the entire package of Boise State is appealing enough to power five conferences right now.
1: Chi-Town says that blue turf is awful, which I don't disagree with, but you know. More ducks. When you turn on your TV, you know, you know whose fields you're watching, yep. I guess. John A1. Maryland, Penn State, West Virginia, Syracuse, Pitt, Temple, Yukon, BC should bring back the big east. Yeah, I don't. The Big East made its its play into football and it they just work out. <laughs> that's that's why
2: everything went the way it did. But. Right. No, absolutely. And big, the Big East is now officially a basketball conference like they mm-hmm. have completely isolated themselves away from football. That's for darn sure. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good basketball conference. Actually, right. it's it's actually a really right. good basketball conference.
1: UConn just won the championship, you know, not right if you're going back to the Big East. And
2: I just took a college visit with my son to Xavier University over in Cincinnati. And their basketball arena is beautiful. It it makes Notre Dame look like a dump.
1: Right. chi says the Big East still exists. Yes, it still exists in no, basketball. Absolutely. But just we're just saying no football. Football. No football. They, they right. decided football was not going to be the way they were going to go. And that's why, you know, they got all the Catholic schools together, which I think was a good strategy. I do too. You know, to forged forged in existence, even though football is still big revenue, you know, they found a way to, to keep the conference alive by, you know, again, just redirecting the emphasis, get away from the football and go all in
2: on basketball. I think it's been a good strategy. Which is how the Big East got their name in the first place. I mean, how yeah. about the Big East in the 80s? You know what I mean? Like, that was the basketball conference, and that yeah. was – the Big East was a lot of fun. You know, when Notre Dame first joined the Big East in basketball, man, that was that was a conference, man. <laughs> yes.
1: So we talked earlier this week about the most frustrated we've been watching Notre Dame football. Ryan Splenda said this about his, uh, his Notre Dame football <clears> – <throat> watching I believe this came from Twitter I remember seeing this (laughs) he said I'm constantly frustrated watching indie football whether good or bad I overanalyze everything it's kind of a family curse I love indie football but it is very rarely enjoyable my question Vince do you have this experience watching Notre Dame or any other team that you're a
2: fan of I used to, I, I used to have this experience watching Notre Dame football uh, before I met you. <laughs> now it down. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of. Uh, I mean, now it's a job, so it's my job to analyze. Obviously, I don't, and I don't think I overanalyze. And it's not; it has not gotten to the point in my viewing pleasure whether I'm watching Notre Dame basketball, for example, or I'm watching the Cubs or the Bears or whatever like watching sports used to ruin my day. If something bad would happen, that's just not the case anymore. Maybe that was with age. I don't know, or just experience and doing these things and how, if the Cubs lose, you know, my life hasn't changed any, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, Right. But I'm not the kind, like in the moment, in the moment, I can get very frustrated. Like people watched me live watching the USC game, right? I can get very frustrated in the moment, are very excited in the moment. Once the game is over, and we've done the post game show, or if it's not a working thing, and once the game is over, like I'm good. Like I don't. It does not affect me. Like it. It affects uh, Ryan here. That that's definitely not the case for me. <laughs> at all, I
1: agree. You know, like I told my story, you know, about that Michigan State game long ago, and that that was the turning point for me, where I really, you know, found out that I had to dial it down quite a bit if you know to to be able to give you know as as objective as possible analysis you know to to talk about it as objectively as possible to try to you know had to remove some of that emotion i get most like that watching the cowboys but not even in the regular season for me it's once they get to the playoffs when it's like okay you know you've done this to me how many, you know, they've got four playoff wins since winning Super Bowl 30, like two months after Jesse was born in 1996. They've got four playoff wins since then. That's true. You've got to the playoffs plenty of times. You know, now it's like, you know, now they, there's actual expectations. That's when that's when it, it becomes much less enjoyable to watch. when there's, Makes
2: sense. When there's something on the line. As a Bears fan, I don't have to worry about that, so at least not – recently about them winning in the playoffs because they don't make the playoffs, which is why, you know, Mm -hmm. they are um, uh, up for hard knocks. So
1: see, and that's, that's why it's like, it's like getting to do play by play is so fun because like you can invest some of your emotion, you know, like calls and you can also, you know, like you, you sort of intentionally have to redirect some of that stuff good and bad right Mm -hmm. but you can still have fun with it in the meantime but yeah so no doubt it's interesting i was curious kind of where you stood on that
2: i i I will say i my emotions watching a game have been completely almost shut out uh because of sitting in the press box i like i'm sitting in the stands watching a game i just sit there like
1: you know (laughs) like You know it's funny I was thinking about this because remember when you know the old press box when we were on the other side of mm-hmm. the stadium before they mm-hmm. you know did all the additions and stuff like that over there there you know you always heard the no cheering you know this is a working press box please no cheering but you know like you would hear now and then little jabs by national media about oh all these Notre Dame fan media and stuff like that it wasn't because members of the, you know, like the Notre Dame beat were cheering. It's because they let like yes. sponsors and, fans. You know, those and, like, and and like literally Notre fans Dame, up there, fans and alums in there. And they would go crazy at yeah. times, you know, and there was like one or two guys in particular, who you would hear all the time, you know, so they were always making that announcement, but it's like, you can't say it's a working press box. If you're letting paying fans right. who are liquored up some of them, in mm-hmm. there watching the game and are going to do whatever. But that has changed right. quite a bit since we've moved to the other side and they've, they've got the luxury that boxes from the actual working yeah. press box area.
2: Yeah, yes. they've got luxury boxes and places that, that they can put those fans and uh, haven't had that issue no. uh, in the last few years. You're right. I didn't even think about that. We haven't had that announcement about this is a working press box, no cheering, whatever. But, like, it's totally taken away my outward – cheering for the most part when I'm sitting watching a game like in the stands or even at my house I just I get real excited inside but my outside emotions just don't exist anymore for the most part yeah fill in the blank it's blank that
1: Michigan has lost in the college football playoffs the last two years in the semifinals.
2: the last now two now see I'm split on this because I was obviously actively recruiting I mean rooting against Michigan I mean actively right but they got there, which means they've been successful. So it's like, it's a kind of a double edged sword, right? Like they got there. They beat Ohio State the last two years. Huge feather in their cap, obviously. But man, I was rooting hard for them to lose. And it's fantastic that they lost, which means they're not playing <laughs> for a national championship. So, I mean, that part is awesome. And the part where they're good enough to get there is the problem I have. And hopefully that is going to go the other direction.
1: See, I just think, and I, I agree. Like if you want to spit, you know, I I left this open ended obviously to see what you would say. And you were actually much more pleasant, you know, considering how much you hate (laughs) Michigan. I just, I started thinking about this. I just feel like it is very underplayed and not talked about enough that they lost in the playoff. Because again, like sitting here from a Notre Dame side, that's all Notre Dame hears. It's like, you're right. You got to the playoff, but you lost, you know, and, and, you know, you lost these laps. Well, they lost to Georgia two years ago by like three touchdowns, I think it was, and then they lost to TCU last year, who just got shellacked in the national championship game by Georgia. I don't think that it's you know been uh, been talked about enough. That yeah, Michigan, okay, you had a couple nice regular seasons. Well, so did Notre Dame in their two playoff years, but they got to the playoff and they lost both times. And I, you know, again, I just you're right. I don't feel like it's been talked about. And again, the margin of victory against Georgia two years ago, not that different from Notre Dame versus Alabama before that. And then, okay, you lost a competitive, somewhat exciting game last year, but your quarterback, who everyone talks about as one of the elite quarterbacks in the country, you know, through, I think, three bad interceptions in that game that led to the loss. And again, the team that beat you. Went and just got their butts kicked in the championship game by Georgia. So it might have been a you know a competitive semifinal, but the team that beat you God. was not competitive in the championship yeah. game.
2: Got their doors blown. And my my favorite my favorite you know twitterizing during the national championship game was from all the Michigan fans like, oh, we would have been a better competition. Nah. Now you lost to TCU. So. You know, would you have been a better competent? That's like you know, Nick Saban saying, Well, we would have been favored against three of the four teams in the playoff last year. <laughs> right. It's not doesn't Maybe matter what doesn't matter what Vegas says, my man. Like it's it's what happens on the field, and you had two losses. So yep. stop talking. Yep.
1: Vince, what current coach or player would you most like to see on TV when their career is over? I gave you all day to think about. I know it, you so did. I hope, you, hope you came up with something good.
2: Well, I don't know if it's going to be something good, but I've been inundated over the last few days with the Pivot podcast. And I'm sorry, but I think Marcus Freeman would be excellent on TV when it's all said and done. Now, I don't want him to be done anytime soon, but he's the first guy that came to my mind because he's so well-spoken and he's so knowledgeable about the sport. I would love to see him, you know, be an analyst or something someday when he's nice and gray, you know. He's got to put a stamp on Notre Dame for a while.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I and I, I thought about you. know Marcus Freeman would be a good one, and he's got, I think, enough years. It's going to be a while before he has uh, to start agreed. worrying no, I, about it. You know, absolutely. like there's already talk about you know would Nick Saban you know go to college game day yeah. when he's done. It's I just kind I don't feel like, the, like that would be that enthralling. You know, like yeah. the guy knows football inside and out. I just don't feel like that would be. That good. I just go back to the guy who he's fun on Twitter. He's a smart guy. He's turned around his career over the last, what, seven, eight years since working for Nick Saban. You know, he looks good in white on the sideline, and he he likes a good sneaker, and he's, you know, got a good quip. He's got a dog on Twitter himself, and, of course, I'm talking about Lane Kiffin.
2: Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah.
1: I I think Lane Kiffin would be really good on TV when it. Now again, he's fairly young himself, but I just feel like Sure. I mean, like he'd be a, a pretty good analyst to have on TV. I think he can have fun with it, but also still give you some good insight and analysis yeah. into some things.
2: I'm trying like I'm I was trying to like go through the players and, and who I would want to see. You know what I mean? The problem is we don't hear enough of the players talking. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and we hear Notre Dame players talking a little bit more, but finding like players from around the country who we've heard, you know, say something uh, to be in TV is a little bit more daunting. You know who I was actually very impressed with from a speaking standpoint? And this is going to kind of uh, come out of nowhere, obviously. Uh, but the uh, the kicker that, uh, that Notre Dame got um, in the transfer portal recently uh Schaefer I believe was his name um the kid from uh South Florida or Central Florida whatever South Florida Um, yeah South Florida thank you very much uh and I'm frantically trying to look up his actual name because I want to give the kid credit but he was able to uh Spencer Schrader that's his name Spencer Schrader uh from USF and he actually got up and talked in front of the entire camp that I was at the other day with my son and he is one of the most well-spoken individuals that I've ever come across in an NCAA, you know, type of situation. Uh, And he talked about the fact that the reason he came to Notre Dame is because he wanted to get a master's from the business school. And, you know, all these like, okay, like, you know, he was very, very well put together and he coached the kids up really, really well. And I, I think he'd be good at it. I think he'd be really good at it.
1: You know who someone who was, you know, again like could talk a little bit and had a good personality and all that stuff. Tyler Newsom, like speaking of, you know, like punter, yep. I remember a few yep. years, did a haircut. Yeah, and, and I think it's tougher for him because it's like, you know, like McAfee was at least an NFL punter, and you know, kind of went that direction after making it in the NFL. It's got to be a little bit tougher, I think, for probably a guy, you know, who sure. was college punter to try to kind of make a name for himself but at the same time podcasts are in right no, now you're not wrong like build your build your following go with that so somebody said um so is it mike, G- mike gundy was one uh mike leach would have been great for tv i agree with that oh Anthony. yeah julian love john says that's an interesting one because julian now i haven't seen as much of him i did see a little bit of him on good morning football i think a couple of months ago and okay he was he was he was pretty good you know but i don't know like if if he's done any media training you know like with new york giants and stuff like that if he's done any of the broadcasters boot camp or any of that kind of stuff but be interesting yeah, good morning, football. Like especially this time of year in the off season, they'll get they'll get a lot of current players kind of cycle through, okay. and you know, like as fill-ins and stuff like that. Like they had Leonard Fournette on last week, and and that kind of thing. It, it, gotcha. College is just tougher to identify because right, we just you know, don't like hear enough about the them. bigger the bigger your name, the more likely you're going to jump like straight to sure. doing some kind of NFL stuff first. If you were you know like a Brady Quinn for example, who got to the NFL, but didn't become a star in the NFL, you know, college, obviously college type stuff has worked out well for him. Yeah. So, Golick prime example, you know, again, like a guy who yep. made it to the NFL and actually, you know, had a, a pretty good NFL career, but was not considered a star in the NFL, especially when right. you had guys like Jerome Brown, Reggie White, and, you know, those kind of guys playing on the defensive line with him. But Golick made a, you know, great media career out of, you know, where he came from, you know, playing for a good team with the Eagles, but not necessarily, again, being a big star. So Quinn Kibler had a, a couple questions from the mailbag yesterday we didn't get to that I thought would be fun to nice. kind of shoot here today since we're uh, we're both baseball guys. He said, what baseball ballparks are on your short list of parks to visit?
2: So here's the sad truth. I have been to two major league ballparks. No, three. I've been to three major league ballparks in my lifetime. Really? Both in Chicago and Detroit. I was going
1: to, those would have been my guesses.
2: Yeah, that's it. So I, mean, I had, I, I, I knew Wrigley, but yeah, yeah, of course. I am not a well traveled individual in general. Like I really wanted to go to a Cincinnati Reds game this past weekend when I was in Cincinnati, but of course they were on the road. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it seems like anytime I'm someplace that has a major league, oh, I take it back. I've also been to, I don't even know what it's called anymore, Progressive Field uh in Cleveland I was there for the world series Oh, yeah
1: that's right you went to the world Series.
2: I went to the game two of the world series I have been there um that was a kind of pretty cool stadium right in the middle of downtown there um I would love to go to any of them I would go I mean top of the list I would I would love to go to you know um Yankee Stadium but I would rather have gone to the old Yankee Stadium obviously I want to go to the Red Sox you know some of the older ones I would love to see um I've obviously heard that the um Milwaukee Brewers Stadium is really nice. I would love mm-hmm. to see that one. That one's not that far away. And then just to get out of town, I would love to go see, like, uh, San Diego, you know, that kind of a thing. But yeah. uh, I would love to see anything at this point. So I'm open. If anybody wants, you know, to carry me around, I'm I'm in.
1: I've been to a few more. That I've actually been to old Yankee Stadium and new Yankee okay. Stadium. The new one was Pinstripe Bowl. I didn't actually see a baseball game there. Right. But I saw Yankees Red Sox two nights in a row when we were out there when I was still doing Notre Dame baseball one time. We, you know, we, we went and did that. That was pretty cool. Fenway Park is definitely the top of my list. Like Jesse was actually hit me up. Maybe we, we can try to make a trip to Fenway before the
2: summer's over. It's like,
1: yeah, that's easy to squeeze in. Right. We've got all this other stuff going on. Let's just
2: right. go to Fenway. It's the talk it's like of a twenty-something with yeah. no other, you know. Hey, let's go to West Virginia for a few days. Like, yeah, it's that's so twenty-something, right? Exactly. It's
1: twenty-something <laughs> when you're not yet married and you have no kids it, and all you exactly. have to exactly dog, you know. <laughs> yes. Uh, Fenway is definitely it. Want to want to get it? I've been yeah. to Fenway. Did one of those when I went to to cover a Notre Dame BC game a few years back. Did one of those. You know, it was obviously off season. Did like a Fenway Park tour, which okay. was kind of cool. But I, you know, want to see a game there. Um, the, and you're right. San Diego would probably be the other one. And then uh, um, Camden Yards out there okay. in Baltimore. I've heard that, that was
2: kind of well, – that one has the reputation of being like the first modern stadium out there. So that would be yeah, uh, obviously a cool one It's like
1: – it's the one that started the whole retro craze there yeah. back in the 90s. they That mm-hmm. was the first one built with like the old school – and all that different kind of stuff yeah yeah sure so quinn also says which ballpark has better food wrigley or guaranteed rate
2: i mean i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with wrigley uh now i will i know this is gonna surprise not you uh but maybe it'll surprise other people uh i generally don't buy a lot of food at the at the ballpark because it's too stinking expensive (laughs) <laughs> um I buy the big giant thing of peanuts from the grocery store uh-huh. and I take it into the game In your and you're bottle of water <laughs> right and I'm good to go for the rest of the g- I love I, I hate shelling peanuts unless I'm at the ballpark I love it like I have to shell peanuts and keep score at the ballpark yeah um
1: I've never been overly impressed with the food at either one of those ballparks
2: there you go actually
1: and now, I think in recent years, Wrigley has gotten a little bit better with some of the renovations that, okay. you know, I know they've got like better beer choices and stuff like that for sure. And, you know, they're doing a little bit more with the food choices. They've never been, you know, like at, at, you know, like up at the top, you know, like we went to San Francisco actually a few years ago and they had like some awesome, you know, like fish tacos and, you know, all this really? different stuff that you could get out there, um, Cleveland, where Jesse is, has a pretty good, they've got this okay. nacho bar thing where you can get like, you know, like it's like a full sized replica helmet full of your nachos. Really? And you, you've got your choice of like chicken or ground beef and beans and, you know, like your nacho sauce and pico and all these different. Oh, there's probably like 8 million calories in one helmet. Oh, I'm sure. It's all
2: said and done. I, but. I'm just not a fan of like all the crap on nachos. Like I really, Really? they they have a nacho bar at our school and like 50% or more of the kids just get nachos with crap all over their, (laughs) not like that's what they eat for lunch every day. Wow. And and I just, that would be pretty
1: awesome actually to have had nacho bar in high school.
2: Right. And I don't get, I don't get it. I don't get it. It looks horrible. Then you get soggy nachos. I like my cheese, my nachos. It's a dip and eat. That's where I'm at.
1: PNC Josh Buffo, the motivational business. Is, that's uh, that's Pittsburgh still, right? Correct. Like, I would like to go there. Actually, I had a chance to go there once a few years back, but it was like uh, one of those games where it was drizzling all night mm. and they played. And I'm like, I don't want to go sit
2: in that, so I didn't go. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely. They've got would a like beautiful go skyline. Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. that would be cool to see. You know, the the, the cool thing about baseball parks. Uh, Is just that they're all different i mean you've got exactly. the different sizes and the, the you know that's the coolest part about baseball and that's why i would love to go to more stadiums and just see the differences and, and all of that so it's definitely on my to-do list at some point retirement right yeah <laughs> probably
1: <laughs> once i get the rv we'll, nice. we'll we'll have to do like like guy weekend trips hit a yes. couple ballparks you know that kind speaking of. speaking of rv
2: we got to have a talk
1: yeah, the uh, the short-term prospects for the
2: RV have not worked okay. out. Okay. All right. <laughs> I probably figured that since I hadn't heard anything.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, okay. But I'm still I'm still looking big picture, you know. I keep I mention RV every once in a while to my wife because uh-huh. it's like you got to do something when yeah. you end up retiring, right? You're, like You're right. You can't
2: retire anytime and, soon though. And
1: if we're not gonna well, no, I mean it's not gonna happen tomorrow. I'm not you know, <laughs> switch. Is, are you hinting at something here? But <laughs> what I'm saying is like to make the financial planning of the RV work out, you also have to start working on it that's early true. enough, you know. This so, is true. That's right. But uh yeah, it's like if we're not gonna buy the lake house and or you know, retire in Arlington or whatever, then you gotta have the <laughs> R V so I can do my thing. So, oh, that's great. All right. Well, um, before we check out here tonight, Anthony, thank you so much for the super chat. He said, great interview tonight. Appreciate the show as well. We appreciate you as always, Anthony and everybody else. And thanks again to Micah Shrewsbury who kicked us off here tonight for, uh, for joining us. And if you missed the Micah Shrewsbury interview, of course you can go back, watch it on uh, YouTube, or you can just uh, wait until, the morning and download the podcast actually it'll be up tonight because there was no earlier show today so all the podcasts from this show go up a little bit earlier than usual so nice we'll have the uh you know apple or spotify wherever you find your podcasts as we like to say you can uh, you can find them there so thanks again thanks to micah shrewsbury thanks josh Bates, over at notre dame for connecting us tonight and doing that hit the like button on your way out and of course subscribe rate review we will be here tomorrow to finish off the week with a little rapid fire for you on ivy nation sports talk